Welcome to the Eternal ROI Podcast, where we share the real stories of workplace transformation. And now, here are your hosts, Will Stewart and Chris Patton. Welcome to the Eternal ROI Podcast. Good to have everybody watching and listening along. I'm Will Stewart, joined as always by Chris Patton, CEO of His Way at Work. Hey, Chris. Will, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Man, good to hear. <laughs> we have a great guest today. Yes, we do. We do. We're going to have uh, David Collum. Dave is a friend of mine. He's also CEO of the Pocket Testament League. Mm. Uh, David's got an interesting story on his own, but uh, I think uh, the listeners are going to really enjoy what he has to share about what the Pocket Testament League does and some of the uh, lesser expected benefits and, and impacts. So uh, it's a small organization doing huge numbers in impact, and uh, I think it's going to be a great show. That's awesome. I know business leaders are always looking for resources, ways to to impact uh, you know their business. So it's good to have one of these tools to talk about them. Yeah, yeah. And the and the cool thing that Dave will share later is sometimes we look for resources, business owners look for resources that that will have impact outside, and that impact turns around back on us, sure. and we don't even realize it. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely, it'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Will welcome, David. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Um, so the Pocket Testament League, that's a super interesting thing for the people who may not know what that is. What's the what's the elevator pitch? What What is the PTL? Yeah, hey, the Pocket Testament League is just made up of people that uh, love Jesus, love the Word of God, and have a heart for the lost, and, and but get kind of jammed up. You know, they're folks who do not need another sermon about the Great Commission. They just need some help about, well, how do I do this? You know, I... I can't answer all the questions. Uh, I maybe feel like I don't have that gift of evangelism, but I have a burden for it. And so what we do is we equip uh, believers with a simple, repeatable method that anybody can do. Uh, it's a three-step process. We've taught millions of people to do it over 150 million times. So that's, mm. that's that what again. we do. I'll tell you what that process is in a minute if you want. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, that's awesome. That, that, that's incredible. So what what got you into this? Why 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 this and why is this something that you're passionate about? Yeah, thanks. So I was in the business world for 25 years, worked for the corporate world, uh, supporting the U.S. Navy, uh, U.S. Nuclear Navy, and uh, left that at age 47. So I came to faith late in life at age 30. And um, over the course of the next 17 years, just felt drawn to go to full-time ministry uh, and was a pastor for 12 years. And then after the pastorate, um, this organization kind of came on my radar and I kind of looked into it and I thought, gosh, this is just the perfect intersection of the things I love. I love the word of God. Uh, I love the Lord. And I mean, I became a pastor largely because I wanted to find all the knuckleheads that look like me, you know, that were running around at age 30 and didn't know the Lord. So, uh, so it's a great ministry. It's a good fit for just my personal story and my walk. And so that's how I ended up here. And it's, uh, it's just remarkable because I really didn't know what I was walking into, uh, how powerful the word of God is. That's incredible. So you you said a, a, a fantastic stat just a, a, a minute ago, and, and repeat that one. It was a, a million times, 150 million people. I forget what, what was that stat. What was that stat again? Yeah. So we've taught about a, over a million people uh, a process that they've done 150 million times, and, and that process wow. is um, to read God's word every day. Now that probably doesn't sound like uh, any great eureka. Read God's word every day, be in the word, 
Uh, when you're done reading it, uh, take out Pocket Gospel of John. This is what it looks like. Mm. And it's about 64 pages. It fits in your pocket, Pocket Testament League, um, or your purse, and say this prayer, Lord, lead me to the person you want me to give this to. You know, do that every day. Make that part of your daily discipline. And the crazy thing is God will answer that prayer. And, mm. and you will have fun encounters. Um, and so that's the process. We call it read, carry, and then share, you know, as, as the Lord nudges you. And really wait for the Holy Spirit to lead you and to prompt you. You know, God's not a gumball machine, but to really be praying, Lord, who's the person you want me to bring this to? Um, and that's that simple, repeatable process, right? And so I usually share it with words that says, hey, can I give you this booklet, the message of it changed my life, and I just want to share it with you. Yeah. And I've uh, never had anybody throw anything at me or yell at me. <laughs> uh, every now and then somebody said, no, thank you, or I'm, yeah. I'm good. But sure. most yeah. of the time people take it. Uh, the most stunning thing is, again, if you think about this process, right, you're leaving a lot of room for God. You're saying, you lead me to the person. So you're relying on God to nudge you. And then you're not, you know, you may talk, you may open it up and show them a few verses depending on how comfortable you are and how comfortable they are. But most of it is the Holy Spirit leading people in the Word of God. So just last week, uh, we had, uh, this is pretty typical, you know, we had a, uh, a waitstaff person just kind of break down and start crying. They had been diagnosed with cancer that day, right? And so didn't know how to talk to their family about it. So this is one of my staff members was doing this. They were out on travel and talked with that person and prayed with that person and just loved on that person and gave them a gospel of John. Um, and that person was trying to figure out how to tell their family the diagnosis, right? They just needed somebody. So Lord, you know, send me to the person you want me to give this to. And he sent yeah. one of our staff members to a person who, was in a pretty pretty dire situation. We have lots of those stories. And so uh, the stories are more where we are, I think, being ambassadors for Christ, you know, compassionate folks or whatever words you want. Uh, we have lots of stories where people are saved and baptized and all that kind of stuff. I'm just struck by the how he answers that prayer. Lead me to the person. So that's the process. No. Um, you still get a little knot in your stomach. You still get a little nervous about doing it. <laughs> I mean, I'm the president of the Pocket Chess League. I'll tell you, I still get nervous about doing it. Um, but, you know, it works. It works. Yeah, that's incredible. I love how there's there's some steps, uh, but there's some interesting things in, in those steps. Uh, one, there's a, there's a gap for God to to lead mm -hmm. and and direct and and like you said not to be the gumball machine and that's that's uh, I, I love that you're you know it's it's a it's a process where it's it's saying Holy Spirit guide me. Um, but the, the interesting step to me is that first step. It's where it's instead, before I can share the word, I have to, you know, ingest it myself. I have to hide it in my heart and I have to get ready for the day. Um, why is that step so important? So, yeah, that's, that's a great question. And this is a shout out to another ministry. There's a ministry called back to the Bible. I think Arnie Cole was the person who started that. And you go on their website, they have this thing called the power of four. Mm -hmm. And it's a fascinating study because they, they studied folks and, and kind of found like if you read your Bible four or more times a day devotionally, just kind of sit with the Lord and read your Bible, you're 30% less likely to feel lo lonely. Now think about that in these COVIDian days. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you're 60% less likely to abuse whatever you're abusing, you know, food, alcohol, drugs, porn, whatever. 60% less likely to abuse it if you're in the wow. Word every day. And you're 225% more likely to share your faith. 
Oh, isn't that stunning? <laughs> I mean, that, so we're this is a podcast with some business guys, right? I said, hey, business uh-huh. guys, we have a lead, we have a thing that you can do that increases the probability of the desired outcome by two hundred twenty five percent. I think we call that a leading indicator. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Instead wow. of a lagging indicator, how many did you hand out? Like. How many times did you read the word? So we actually have about 90 to 92,000 people signed up with a daily devotional uh, with us just because we know that is, that's what fuels it. People that are in the word, the Lord's speaking to them. Um, and they're, you know, just sitting under the word saying, Father, shape me, um, you know, mold me to kind of the person you want me to be. And in the course of my day, if I can share a gospel, that's great. So I think that's what it's about. It's about really trying to be a person who uh, puts faith in, in the word. The board of directors, when they hired me, said, uh, we're going to pray that you will understand the power of God's word. And the prideful pastor said, yeah, I got that in my mind. I didn't say it out loud because I was a brand new employee. <laughs> You're smarter than <laughs> but I, I, yeah, 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 every now and then. But I didn't have a clue. And uh, it really does leave room for God. I say it, it, it lets God do the heavy lifting. It lets mm-hmm. God's word do the heavy lifting. So it's pretty remarkable. That's awesome. So specifically, why the Gospel of John? Yeah, so that's we get asked that question a lot. We have uh, about five different reasons. Um, the first is because the Gospel of John in uh, chapter 21 says, these things are written so that you might know that Jesus is the Christ and by believing have life eternal. So John, the evangelist, says, hey, I wrote these things specifically so people would believe. And you see his structure. You know, he's, he picks seven, seven miracles, just seven, uh, to specifically kind of walk people through that that this guy, Jesus, this carpenter is from Nazareth. This man is actually God come to earth. So it's written for that purpose. Um, the other uh, reasons kind of get a little bit more uh, detailed, but if you think about it from a perspective of, it's a little bit like the cliff notes of the Bible. You know, John says things like lamb of God and bread of life. And imagine somebody coming to faith by reading a gospel of John and then going back and beginning to read the Old Testament. They would see all the foreshadowing, much, I shouldn't say all, much of the foreshadowing of Christ in the Old Testament. Uh, so it kind of, uh, we kind of call it the cliff notes of the Bible. Um, and then there's some other reasons, you know, um, this gets a little technical, but it's remarkable the way John's gospel has stood against the philosophies of the ages for some 2000 years since our Lord uh, was here. Just think about the words in the beginning, right? In the beginning. You know, we all accept the Big Bang theory. Most mo- most folks do. That, that however the bang happened, um, there was a bang. Um, if you know your science or your science, the history of your science, you'll know that for th- for hundreds of years, most people just thought the universe was always always here. Um, Einstein uh, resisted the Big Bang theory because he knew philosophically, if there's a bang, you get to ask, really. Who caused it? <laughs> he didn't want to ask that. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Let's let's not go down that road. So philosophically. So you know, there's some other reasons. We have we have on our uh, website, uh, ptl.org, we literally have one of the like top four menu bars is why the gospel of John, because we get asked it so many times. So we unpack it there a little bit. But it's yeah. it it is an interesting question. Yeah. Fantastic. It's a fascinating book. It's one that I, I like to start people off if I'm wanting if someone's looking for answers. Um, yeah, it's 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 powerful for sure. A lot of business leaders are looking to impact their culture. They're looking to 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 change their company and make a difference in people's lives. A lot of them don't know where to start. You know, um, what are some of the things that you've seen as as the Pocket Testament League has 
kind of integrated itself into businesses. How how have business leaders used it? And and you know what I know business leaders are always into results. I'm into results too. That's where my brain goes. My brain's always like, what's the analytics? Yeah. I know there's a lot of things that are that are solved. It's not it's not necessarily like leads to you know people getting saved or X number of this or that. But some of the what are the, the feedback and, and the ways that it's it's transformed cultures and even transformed maybe the business owners themselves. Yeah, let me let me talk about that a little bit. So what we do is we have these, you know, Gospels of John and business owners use them in a variety of ways. And if they want, they can customize them. They, they don't have to, but they can actually um, customize them. So your business owners are listening and probably wondering how that happens. So, you know, this bit is the Gospel of John. We don't change this bit. <laughs> we change this bit, the cover. And so here's a business owners and, and we print on the inside cover something about you know, their, their ministry or, or whatever. So they can actually brand it if they want, but they don't, they don't have to, not all our business owners do. Uh, our business owners tend to use them. I ask them to think about their audiences. I ask them to think about their employees. I ask them to think about their customers and I ask them to think about their suppliers. And then we kind of build up, you know, we kind of talk with them and, and build a, you know, some a strategy for how they might use it in their business. You know, let's take two extremes. Let's say you're a person that's producing a product that's shipping out hundreds of boxes a, a week or maybe a day. Um, you know, you're not having close contact with the person who's receiving the box, perhaps. Then there's the other end of the spectrum. You know, you might be a lawyer or an accounting firm, financial services, where, you know, you walk with your clients and you walk with their life. Those are two very different businesses. Um, so how do you interact with your, your, your customer base? So we kind of build systems with that. But let me start with the employees. Um, so what we do is we ask business owners to consider offering a Gospel of John during an employment interview. Hmm. Now, it's all wow. legal. We have uh, our friends from Alliance Defending Freedom make sure we, you know, we coach the business owner all the right, with all the right words you know, to follow the law. And, and you might say, well, why would I do that? Um, and so here's the interesting thing that we find some business owners realizing. Uh, you know, competing for talent right now is always, uh, it's always a challenge. It's a challenge, especially right now. Imagine if you're trying to run your company as a Christian company, let's, uh, and, and you hire somebody who's just doing a great job, and three months in, they find out you're a Christian, and it freaks them out because they're not a Christian. They might, you know, start... <laughs> Updating their LinkedIn profile. I'll you give know, you an example. Whatever. Give an example, David. Uh, right. We we in our family business, car business, we were just like that, and had a new salesperson start on day one. His first day on the job, walks into a sales meeting, and we open the meeting with prayer. And I'm the one praying, and I'm maybe five words in, and I hear the door open and close. He's gone, and wow. that amount of time he was out the door. I finished, I caught him at his car and said, tell me what happened. And he said, man, you guys are nice. Everything's great. But I had no idea that this was the kind of business. And I don't believe any of that. I don't want anything to do with it. Mm. And I said, then I owe you an apology because you should have known that before this point. To surprise you like this is on me. So what you're describing is, is a way to completely avoid that, to be not just fair to them, but ease them into that idea. And then you can address the fact that, hey, but I'm not expecting you to do this. I'm just sharing Absolutely. with you where we are, right? If I could go back to the interview with that guy, I'm pretty sure I could have kept him on board 
by explaining how this is just where we're coming from, but it's not expected of you. Yeah, that's a great story, Chris. Thanks for sharing that. That's exactly what you don't want to have happen. And so we have one business owner who kind of writes on the inside of his, his gospel. He's like, hey, I wanted to share this with you. I want you to know this is, I'm just trying to follow this guy, Jesus. And they, I love this sense. He goes, and I get it wrong a lot. But this is what I'm trying to do to run my company the right way in an honest, ethical fashion in a way that blesses people. Wanted you right. to know that. We're not expecting you to you know, believe that, et cetera, et cetera. But this is just what kind of how we orient ourselves. And, um, you know, in this age of a desire for transparency, when that's being offered, you know, during employment, it's like, we just want to be transparent. And then you can kind of say all the things that you just outlined there. Here's a, a, a here's the end of that in one business owner's story. This guy did that. And then he said grace at a lunch, right? Took the candidate out for lunch. Nine years later, that employee accepted Christ, <laughs> told the business owner, and he says, I remember the day you told me about this. And I remember you praying at lunch and asking God to bless me and to bless the city. Wow. Yeah. You know, it sounds like a small thing, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's not, not this, you know, well, you're just saying like, um, people want metrics and things like that. Like that's right. nine years for that to grow. Right. Yeah. But this guy's watching. He's like, all right, this Christian thing. Right. That's what, that's what non-Christians would say. Oh, this Christian thing. Let me watch this guy. Yeah. And, you know, over time he concluded that I want my life to look like my boss's life. And apparently it has something to do with Jesus. And then he started figuring it out. So yeah. what you see is um, like there's just people do it with their employees. Usually you got to have that humility about like, man, I get this wrong a lot. It's not to be holier than now. But uh, and so that goes a long way with employees because they think they they know you're taking a risk to tell them that. Um, and they're appreciative of it. So that's what they folks do with their employees. We see that, uh, we see the same thing with customers, um, which is really interesting. We have a financial planner who, uh, puts a gospel of John in that binder, right? If you ever go to a financial mm. planner, you ask all those answer all those questions, they're going to lay out a plan for you. Hopefully that you can, you know, uh, enjoy your retirement. And I always joke around, like people won't tell their past for everything, but if you want a good financial plan, <laughs> You, you got to tell the guy everything, right? Here's all my liabilities. I got three wives in South America. They're coming after me. You know, whatever. <laughs> but, but the financial planner needs to know everything. So you think about what you're, you know, this, you walk into an office. I mean, I really have tremendous respect for the people in this business, in this, in this profession, because, man, that is, that's just an interesting for me, thing for me to think about. And so at the end of it, they'll, they do their, this organization will do that hit hand folks, um, you know, their leather binder and kind of go through it. Uh, and their logo says more life. It's a picture of like a family, maybe grandma and grandpa, who knows, walking on a beach. It's a silhouette with two little kids, one on each, one on each side, just a silhouette of somebody walking on a beach with more life. That's their, that's their logo. Mm. And they kind of say something like, Hey, you come to us and trust us with all this personal information so that we can kind of put together a plan so you can have the life that you, that you want to have. And so we put in this, uh, Binder, a gospel of John. For us, this is how we have more life. I want to share it with you. Thanks for allowing us to, thanks for considering us to be in charge of your investments. We're going to do the best job we can, but we just wanted to share that with you. That's it. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such and a so, friendly way of, of sharing the gospel. That's, that's yeah. not street preacher, you know, or, or something that would, you know, people obviously think like, or sometimes people think like, you know, I have to be obnoxious about it. 
but you that's that's walk, doing life with people, having a creating a relationship, and then and then kindly and respectfully sharing your faith. Yeah, it's remarkable that we have one guy uh, uh, who puts them in glove boxes of cars. I'm looking for his gospel. Where is it? I had it with me. Oh, it's in my pocket where it belongs. <laughs> so this uh, cover is a is a red red Chevy, um, and he puts it in his glove box. He had this woman call him. And she said, uh, you know, Mr. Smith, I just want to thank you for putting that gospel in your glove box. I've given my life to the Lord. So he's on his database. He goes, man, I didn't sell you that car. And she goes, no, no, I bought it from Bobby Jones. And so she's like, God is, you know, typing on his computer. He's like, man, I didn't sell that car to Bobby Jones. No, no, no. You sold it to, 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 to you know, to Bill Williams. Uh, yeah, I did. The third owner of that car. And that gospel of John sat with the owner's manual in the glove box. You know, how many of us go in the She's the third owner. He just was so tickled with that. Uh, but but the interesting thing that um, we've heard some stories about giving it to people, the, which the thing that we don't think about is he's not out there putting those gospels in those glove boxes. His employees are. And you can ask an employee to do that, whether they're Christian or not, right? Part of your job responsibility is when somebody comes in um, and sits down, we're going to give them a bottle of water and some company brochure and a gospel of John, whether you're the person that's in your lobby is a Christian or not. That's just part of the process they go through. Exactly. Um, I have one company that does this. They are traded on the New York stock exchange. Hmm. Their market caps 1.4 billion. Wow. And uh, I say, I have that company. I really don't have that company. <laughs> so I think you're associated. I'm associated with them. And so the great story was, you know, the SEC stops by to visit them. And so the SEC Securities Exchange Commission inspectors were there. And one of the inspectors said to the, the gal who was getting them settled and giving them water and giving them a gospel of John, um, said, oh, is this something you're giving me? And she said, no, no, no. That's something Mr. So-and-so is giving you, the president. He wants mm -hmm. you to have that. Wow. And the SEC person said, you know, we go to lots of companies that say they're Christian, but this is the first time this has ever happened. Wow. So just, you know, and so I love uh, the, the gal who was getting the people settled, right? She kind of knew this is my, this, no, this is the boss. This is flowing down through the culture. And it has this effect on your employees. I've got one guy who said, all, all my employees who aren't, aren't Christian are now baptized. I got to go get some more people who aren't baptized, David. <laughs> Literally, that's what he said to me. When I started this process, 40% of my staff were not Christians. But they've mm. seen the transformation. They're seeing what's happening as they're doing this. And they've come. And he goes, I wasn't aiming for that. No. I was not aiming for that at all. Um, but he's. it's very interesting to see the kind of seizing an effect. I mean, if you think about this, right, if we were to read a Harvard Business Review study about how do you create culture, it would be through stories and symbols and all that kind of business school stuff, right? Well, put your name on a That's gospel right. of John. Yeah. Right. It's just, I mean, if you think about classic Harvard Business Review, how do you create a culture? This is, this, this is a, a, a piece of it. I think a pretty powerful piece. I think the Lord blesses uh, folks when they stand up Say, yeah, I want to put my name next to you. You wouldn't think God needs us to put our name next to him, right? God really doesn't need us to do that. But when we do, I think he uh, He blesses those efforts. Yeah. So you've mentioned employees impacted and even customers or SEC inspectors, right? <laughs> but what about you were you were telling us earlier before we jumped on the, the recording, 
how it impacts the actual leaders doing it, the owners of the business and what you have seen happen in the culturally for them. Give us a little sense of that. What did you mean by that? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that question. Sometimes, you know, I don't know about, about all of you, but sometimes when I'm running a business and somebody says, hey, you ought to do this. And, and you know, I kind of say, well, OK, what's that going to cost and how much time it's going to take? Right? And so so I'm from New York. So sarcasm is my natural language. So when people say how much does it cost, I usually say less than what you spend on toilet paper. <laughs> just, you know, just saying. Good point of reference. <laughs> but anyway. And quite, quite frankly, a lot of people are like, okay, we'll go try that, you know, and we'll get, get some gospels and it's just, it's not a make a donations. And, you know, I, I got other things to do. I've got issues, you know, at home with my kids or my family, I've got challenges at work and yeah, we'll go do this. And all of a sudden that small act of faith, which they were, were doing, but it wasn't like their main strategy. It wasn't the number one or number two, or maybe even number five thing they had on their list for that month or that quarter. They went and implemented. And all of a sudden, they start seeing fruit. They start experiencing joy. I've got one fellow who did it. He had 250 gospels, you know, and he and all of a sudden he starts, he says to me, Do you know how good these things are? I was like, No, man, I didn't know. I really, no clue. I didn't. <laughs> I just <picked laughs> I had no clue. As, <laughs> as the president of the Pocket Testament League, pretty much zero, didn't know. So anyway, he, and it just gives him, gave him joy. And he, and you know, I mean, how many of us as CEOs and presidents would say, there's so many things we do that feel we, we got to do it the right way, or there's obligation or whatever, but we would not expect necessarily joy from it. And so the interesting thing that I see is how the Lord deals with the CEO one-on-one -on -one as the CEO goes to do this. It's fascinating. Uh, I've got one guy who literally carries a gospel of John tattered. And uh, I mean, he's a Christian. He's got the Bible app on his phone. He's got his Bible and his morning devotion, but he pulls the thing out and reads it over and over again. I was like, it's pretty tattered. I could get you another one if you need it. Nope, I want this one. Uh, and he just, and for him, he's just pulling it out and, and reading a half a chapter when he's in a line, which is fascinating for me because before the days of apps and mobile phones, you know, we've been kicking around for since 1894. I mean, that's what people did. And uh, there's this phrase, it's kind of an English phrase that, and they encourage people to constantly read the word of God in the small bits of the day that the Lord would provide while they were waiting for the bus or mm -hmm. standing in a line, pull out a, a gospel or a New Testament and read it. And that, that's what this guy was doing. And again, it was just the Lord dealing with him. So, you know, it's, again, it goes back to making yourself available for God. Um, and we think, I think, especially CEOs that we need some big five-year strategic plan. It's got to be big. It's got to have maximum impact. And the Lord, you know, doesn't need all that. He just needs you to give him a little time. Yeah. No. So. I, I love it because you're, you're, you're saying, you know, step three, God, make that opportunity uh, available for me to share the gospel. But step two is I'm going to prepare in advance and believe that you're going to do that. So I'm going to put a, a testament in my, my pocket, you know. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. If, for businesses who are like, I get it. You know, I love this. I've never heard it before. Before it's time to get started. Is there a secret handshake? What do you need to do to to, uh, to kind of start start getting things rolling? You can go to ptl.org forward slash partner or ptl.org, and or you can send me an email. 
uh, you know, dcolumn at ptl.org. We, we have about one to two businesses every week that come on board. So we're, there's about four to 500 companies, uh, businesses, both for profit and not for profit doing this. Um, and so, uh, and they do it in all shapes and sizes. Uh, one cool story, which really uh, is interesting, is we've got a company that provides supplies to to prisons, right? So boxes are going into prisons, and they put a gospel in each box. The cover says, you are not forgotten. And so the the, the CEO decided to do a run of 10,000, and he put inside his gospel, hey, if you've made a profession of faith or you want some prayer, you know, email here, and we'll send you a Bible. And he figured his, you know, he figured his administrative system would handle that. Um, they had to stand up an inmate response team. Wow. The, the, it was so overwhelming. They had to like add whiteboards to their conference room to, to record prayer requests. Um, and he was stunned that he has these letters on his desk, the piles of letters from inmates on his desk that one guy writes, he goes, when I opened that box and read, you are not forgotten. I viewed it as the hand of God reaching out to me because everyone mm. has left me. Mm. And I just thought, man, what a beautiful image that is. So, and he, you know, he really wrestled with, am I going to do this? You know, should I do this? Is it really, it's going to make any difference. I mean, you know, cause you, you do think about your company, you think about your brand. Um, but the impact is have, you know, again, uh, Chris said it, there's that kind of pushback. Now his, now, now his organization is praying for people, you know, that are incarcerated. Um, and they, they have a foundation where they really work on recidivism and things like that. You know, they, they don't want people to be in jail, but they're serving them. And now they're offering them, you know, the very living word of God. So it's having this transforming effect, um, you know, on the company in terms of seeing that the, the, the folks, you know, who are in these prisons. So stunning yeah, stuff happens. The Lord just does stunning stuff. Something that comes to mind, David, that's not likely on your website as a benefit to doing Pocket Testament League, but I just think about those individual employees that hand these out. I think about even the business owners that hand them out one-on-one. -on -one. Think about the, the company that is sending these into the prisons and seeing the impact. When you start seeing such overwhelming results from an action like this, what does it do to the employee of the company? Pride in the company, taking an ownership in their role, in their job, a greater, they're part of something bigger than themselves. And we hear constantly, if we want to attract and keep the best employees, it's not just compensation. They want to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And so, in a day when employees are so hard to find and good ones even harder to find, something that can have such an impact on keeping them on board once they're here, uh, it's, again, it's not the motivation behind it. shouldn't be the motivation behind it. But what a huge side benefit, what a huge perk to the company when we can have that kind of a, a bigger purpose that we're engaging in. Yeah, absolutely. Purpose is a pretty big word these days, right? There's a lot of people talking about purpose. And and I think it it also shows the owner's heart to the employees, right? Does the, if this yeah. owner would really really cares about this versus just profit or whatever. And that's it's it, you know, I I think um having been at the, you know, at the at the CEO side of things, um, you know, you 
you want your employees that you face hard decisions. You got to make hard decisions. You know, if you're not, and if you're looking to please everybody, then you're probably not going to be a good CEO. Not the right job. But at the same time, you got a heart, right? And I think this is a way for people to say, okay, may not agree with everything the boss is doing, but you know, he really does have a heart for people. Uh, He really is trying to live out his faith. He's a knucklehead, but at least he's trying. (laughs) But it does give people a sense of purpose and a sense of pride that they're part of something real. That's not just about making money. You know, I got, I got a couple of kids and they work for organizations and I listen to them talk about the boss and I just bite my tongue. <laughs> I don't say too much, <laughs> but, uh, but they're processing it. And I think it does, it does have an effect, like you say, Chris, that, uh, that we don't talk about on, on our website too much, but, uh, I, I visited, I visit these companies and, uh, you know, just was down at a company and the guy said, Hey, why don't you come out back? And they got all, everybody together and we just kind of talked about what was going on at the pocket testament league and told a few stories. And, and, uh, those are the folks who were putting gospels in boxes. Mm. Um, yeah. you know, awesome they powerful. were, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Really powerful. So what's a piece of advice that you wish you had been given 10 years earlier? 10 years earlier. So 10 years earlier. Yeah. So I think the first thing is it's, it's interesting for me to be in the nonprofit space. Um, so I kind of left the corporate world. I loved being a pastor, but I, I am thrilled today that we talk about business as ministry or whatever the, whatever the phrase is these days, that, you, that your, your ministry is just as important as the pastor's. Um, yeah. And, you know, I just think, we lost that message. I, you know, we, there's this old quote from Martin Luther. I mean, you know, a couple hundred, a couple hundred years ago, it says, "The Christian cobbler doesn't cobble little crosses on his shoes. He makes the best darn shoes he can for the glory of God." Right? And that message was absent. Uh, and I wish I had, I wish I had understood that ten years ago. God was in charge of my my path, uh, but it's just interesting to kind of reflect what what led me. I didn't even think there was an option uh, from a yeah. ministry perspective you know, in the corporate world. And I think that's why you got this eternal ROI podcast, which I love is I just, I want to shout that to as many people as we can. It's just this old ideal idea that look, God created everything. Everything he created was good before the, before the fall. He gave us work before the fall. That's work right is now. good. And so every, you know, Colossians three twenty three, right? Everything we, there was a football player. I used to do this thing uh, during the Super Bowl. Instead of watching the Super Bowl show, we'd show this video uh, it was always the prior Super Bowl champs would make a video. And uh, so we'd get people together and watch the Super Bowl and it was a way of doing evangelism. And there was one one year, this guy said, he was he was a cornerback. And he said, man, when I come across the middle and lay that wide receiver out, I just think Colossians 3.23. <laughs> whatever you do, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. I smacked that, that guy is, for the glory of God. I just that was is like, awesome. I just loved it. And I thought, you know, and he would hit people hard. He was known for like, <laughs> yeah. you know, That's beat on you. But I just think that would be a great, I, I just think that idea, it, it, we just need to shout it from the rooftops. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it yeah. goes back to the purpose thing that we're talking about. Yep, so that's one I idea. Doubt. Absolutely, that's so good. So, what's the top resource? I know a pocket testament is is number one, but uh, something like a, a book that you would recommend uh, people read. So we just did this. Uh, so we've there's a couple books that we I take the organization through. Love Patrick Lecioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Just mm-hmm. re-reviewed that with 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 my gang. 
But there's a book that really changed how we talked about our business. And it had, because the Pocket Chasm League is a business, right? It's a not-for-profit, but we should not be, we should run ourselves with excellence. The only difference yeah. between me and a for-profit is what do I do with the excess at the end of the year? And, and there ought to be excess at the end of the year, just, just a little bit, not a lot. <laughs> um, we read a book called Sto Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Maybe some of you have mm. heard of it. It changed the way we talked about the Pocket Testament League. And it radically improved our ability to communicate who we were. So it's a marketing book. Yeah. yeah. You know, building a story brand. So when you said, what's the elevator speech? I would have given you a completely different one um, two years ago. When we embedded, when we went through that process and changed our website, I will tell you that every day for the last 18 months, we have increased people who actively participate in our ministry, either by, by, by making an order or making a donation, wow. all because it causes us to think about them and not ourselves. They're the hero. Right. Before, yeah. I used to say, before if you had asked me that question two years ago, I would have said, hey, the Pocket Testament League is an organization whose mission is to mobilize and equip Christians to read, carry, and share the word of God. And now that we've been on this podcast for a while, that would make sense to you. Yeah. But that is all about me. When you asked me at the beginning of the uh, show, I said, hey, we're just a group of people who love Jesus and love Christians, uh, love Jesus, love the word of God, and have a heart for the lost and get jammed up. If you get jammed up, we could help. That's about you. Yep. Yeah. That's and so that good. turned us inside out. And, you know, it's read, carry, share. It's equip and mobilize Christians, but it just caused us to communicate a completely different way and yeah. put our members on point and our partners on point, business CEOs. So we, we're thinking about, yep, they love Jesus. Yep, they love the word of God. Yep, they want to reach people and they're just jammed up. Let's help them get unjammed. Mm. So we put, ourselves in a, we put ourselves in a servant role when we do that. So it was a great book, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Yeah. Yeah, their stuff's good. We, we've gone through the courses and and uh, and it's it's all excellent content you know, from, from end to end. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for for taking the time to to share to to you know tell us more about you and about your organization. Um, yeah, anybody who's wanting to to learn more, it's ptl.org. What you said? Ptl.org. Yep, that's nice. it. Awesome. And uh, yeah, this is incredible for for those business leaders who are looking for a, a way to get started and a way to start sharing their faith in a meaningful way. You can't get better than than sharing the Word of God. So. Uh, I love how you guys have, have put this in a way that that's just bite-sized and, mm -hmm. and doable. So thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with us. Thank you, David. Oh, thanks for having me on. Good seeing you again, Chris. Will, nice meeting you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Eternal ROI. If you like what you heard, we would love for you to take a moment and leave us a review and share an episode with somebody you know. If you are inspired to begin bringing the power of God's love into your workplace, take a moment and check out our free assessment at hwaw.com. It'll only take you a few moments. It'll give you a snapshot of what your company looks like and maybe some ways to move forward. Just click on the link in the show notes and we'll see you next time.